Hello, and thank you for joining me again for our Bible study on Wednesdays. As we go through the book of James, I'm learning a lot, and I hope that you are as well. Also, hope that you're having a great week. We want to be in prayer for uh, Stan Acock and the loss of his mom last night, as well as the rest of his family. We also want to pray for uh, Miss Gloria Blakeney. Her uh, brother passed away last night as well. So we want to keep that whole family in our prayers uh, over the next few days, weeks, and months ahead. So today, as we look in Scripture, we examine a person who claims to have faith but does not have works. It is important for us to realize that just because someone claims to have faith, they may not truly have faith, which has been the experience for many people over the course of history, or at least uh, since uh, the church has been in existence for the past 2,000 years. And I'm one of those who made a profession of faith early on, but really was not saved until at a latter time. And uh, the the difference was is that that profession of faith earlier on was not a true profession of faith. And I really did not come to salvation until that's, that next time at the age of 13 when I really did place my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. What we'll find here in our scripture today as we look in James 2, as well as seeing it in the lives of others, including in my own personal experience, that true faith is transformational. It's not just something that we say. It's not a. It's not something that we just uh, do and there's no change in us. Uh, true faith transforms us. We cannot be the same if we have been truly saved. There, there is such a change in a person that's placed their faith in Christ that they will never be the same. They, they won't go back to the way they used to be. Let, let's just go ahead and look and see what James has to say about it. Beginning in verse 14 of James chapter 2, the scripture reads, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but does not have works? Can such faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothes and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, stay warm, and be well fed, but you don't give them what the body needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith, if it does not have works, is dead by itself. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works, and I will show you faith by my works. You believe that God is one good. Even the demons believe and they shudder. Senseless person. Are you willing to learn that faith without works is useless? Wasn't Abraham our father justified by works in offering Isaac his son on the altar? You see that faith was active together with his works and works and by works faith was made complete. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way, wasn't Rahab the prostitute also justified by works and receiving the messengers and sending them out by a different route? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the day that you've given us. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for this example of uh, faith and and Abraham and Rahab help us to realize that works must accompany faith. Uh, otherwise, that faith is dead. And we, under, and we can understand today that the test of whether or not we truly have faith is the works that follow that and whether or not we've truly been transformed. 
Father, we pray for the Acock family. We, we pray that and pray for them in the passing of Stan's mom. We pray for the family of Miss Gloria Blakeney in the passing of her brother. And Lord, we ask that your, uh, your grace and your mercy would be with them. We ask that you would help us as a church to know how to minister to them. Also, Lord, we, uh, we pray that you would bless this church, that we, you would bless your church, that we would be who you've called us to be, and that works would indeed accompany our faith. Lord, as we look in the scripture today, we ask that you would lead us, that you would guide us, and that you would speak to us and help us to understand what you would have us to know today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So as we look in this passage today, we can't help but understand uh, the obvious in this passage, and that is faith without works is dead. Excuse me, I needed a drink of water. But anyway, uh, as, we, as we think about this, we, we really don't need to do a, uh, a study of the words involved uh, when it comes to death. We can understand that if it's dead then it's useless. Uh, we, we don't expect, uh, you know, a dead dog to bark. We don't expect uh, a dead person to uh, get up and fix dinner. We, we don't expect something that is dead to be useful, uh, nor do we expect it to do something. Now, just like uh, telling someone uh, without clothes or daily food to go in peace to stay warm and be well fed uh, we can understand that faith without works is like words that don't have action that they are that it's useless uh, telling somebody that is hungry and uh, and unclothed and cold to go in peace to stay warm and be well fed if you just tell them that it's not helping them in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Uh, you know, it's like somebody telling you that they're hungry and you just say, well, I hope you find something to eat. It's not helping that person at all. It's useless. It's just, it's it's dead because there's no works that go along with it. And, and so it, the, these, these examples that we have before us here uh, about telling somebody to go in peace, stay warm, and be well fed, uh, and this uh, the statement that faith without works is dead, it, it helps us to understand uh, the person who professes faith in Jesus but does not have works that they are dead. They are truly not saved. They're not born again. Now, it is true it is absolutely true that we are not saved by works. We can understand that from Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10. And in that passage, it says, For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. And so what we see here in the context of Scripture coming from James chapter 2 as well as Ephesians chapter 2, when, when we understand the, that Scripture interprets Scripture, we, we can understand that we're not saved by any works of ourselves. We're saved by the grace of God. We're saved by grace through faith. We must put our faith in Christ. However, 
that faith that does not transform and produce works is dead. It's not true faith. It is not saving faith. If we have saving faith, then our faith will be put to work. Uh, works are the evidence of salvation. If you don't have works after salvation, then the evidence is there that uh, you don't truly have salvation. You know, when a, a coroner or a doctor uh, checks a body to see if they're dead, uh, that person will put a stethoscope on the body and will listen. Uh, you know, the family might say, hey, they died, but th that doctor or coroner has to verify the death. So they'll check the pulse. When they find no pulse, they'll put the stethoscope on the chest and they'll try to listen for a heartbeat. Even if there's no pulse to be felt, they will try to listen for evidence of life. And so that heartbeat would be evidence of life. Respiration would be evidence of life. And so like that doctor or coroner is looking for evidence of life when it comes to the physical body, when it comes to spiritual life, the evidence is spiritual works. And so we all have work to do. Uh, as we read in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, it, it says we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. So the Lord has a plan for you. He has works for you to do. He has things that he wants you to accomplish for his kingdom, for his glory. And so if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, he has something for you to do. Now, as we look in James, we understand that saving faith produces works. Verse 19 of James 2 says, you believe that God is one good, even the demons believe and they shudder. So what we can understand from this verse and in the context here is that the demons believe in God, uh, yet they're not saved. They're not saved because they're, you know, well, first of all, they don't have saving faith. And second of all, the works that they are doing are not within God's will. They're not the works that uh, are evidence of someone who is living for the Lord and who is, uh, is serving the Lord and is obedient to the word to the Lord. They are actively trying to thwart God's will. And so even though they believe in God, even though they know God exists, even though they have, have had a, I guess, a, a better understanding of who God is, and, and they also probably have a better understanding of Scripture than we do, yet they have chosen to go the path of rebellion, and they are actively uh, um, trying to thwart God's will even though they believe. So the example here is trying to help us to understand it's not enough simply to believe that there's a God because even the demons do that. To be saved, you must have faith that produces works and that you have faith that follows God. You have faith that goes along with what the Lord has commanded. And so it's not the works that produce the saving faith, but saving faith produces the works 
of obedience to the Lord. And, and if we don't have that saving faith, then we're going to be disobedient to the Lord. We're going to go against the Lord's will, and we will uh, will be used for the enemy in trying to thwart God's will. And, and so as we think about this, uh, faith that saves leads us to obedience of the word of God. Now, James gives two examples to uh, to, to follow up and uh, to support his argument here on that true faith produces works. And he gives the examples of Ahab, excuse me, <laughs> that was a bad mistake. He gives the examples of Abraham and Rahab. <laughs> so, oh my goodness, did I say Ahab? It was Abraham and Rahab. The, the writer of Hebrews also gives several more in Hebrews 11. He says there in Hebrews 11, now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen, for by this our ancestors were approved. <clears throat> by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. I'm just going to pause here and make a comment about the validity of Scripture. Here we have in verse 3 of Hebrews chapter 11, we have uh, this statement. Let me read it again. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen is made from things that are not visible. Man, this this just blesses my heart to think about how the, the things that we see, uh, they're made of things that we can't see with the naked eye. Uh, I remember being in, uh, in grade school and being in biology and learning about cells and taking a, uh, a little uh, toothpick and scraping the inside of my cheek and, and rubbing that on a, on a slide and putting it in a microscope. And then I was able to see some of the cells from my cheek or to take an onion and ta peel just a, a, a thin layer of the onion skin off and to put the iodine on there and to look at the cell underneath the microscope, seeing that uh, both my body as well as that onion are made of things that are not seen with the naked eye. They're made of cells that you need a microscope to see. But you can even go further uh, down than that in things that we can't see, down to the atoms that make up the elements and the uh, molecules and, and the different chemicals that we're actually made up of. That Hebrews 11.3 had an understanding of creation um, before we had the ability to look with microscopes. And so uh, just that's a side note where uh, I just wanted to share with you how valid the scripture is that uh, science had to catch up with the Bible. And so what we'll realize later on is that um, where science contradicts the Bible, uh, that God will reveal to us one day uh, for sure that science was always wrong when it contradicted the Bible. But the Bible has always been true. It is true. It will always be true. Verse 4 of Hebrews 11, By faith Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith he was approved as a righteous man because God approved his gifts. And even though he is dead, he still speaks through his faith. 
By faith, Enoch was taken away so he did not experience death. He was not to be found because God took him away. For before he was taken away, he was approved as one who pleased God. Now without faith, it is impossible to please God since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, after he was warned about what was not yet seen and motivated by godly fear, built an ark to deliver his family. By faith, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and set out for a place that he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he stayed as a foreigner in the land of promise, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, co-heirs of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah herself, when she was unable to have children, received power to conceive offspring, even though she was past the age since she considered that the one who had promised was faithful therefore from one man in fact from one as good as dead came offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and as innumerable as the grains of sand along the seashore these all died in faith although they had not received the things that were promised but they saw them from a distance greeted them and confessed that they were foreigners in temporary residence on the earth Now, those who say such things make it clear that they were seeking a homeland. If they were thinking about if they were thinking about where they came from, they would have had an opportunity to return. But they now desire a better place, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. He received the promises, and yet he was offering his one and only son. The one to whom it had been said, your offspring will be traced through Isaac. He considered God to be able even to raise someone from the dead. Therefore, he received him back, figuratively speaking. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, and he worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, as he was nearing the end of his life, mentioned the exodus of the Israelites and gave instruction concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, after he was born, was hidden by his parents for three months because they saw that the child was beautiful, and they didn't fear the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and chose to suffer with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasure of sin. For he considered reproach for the sake of Christ to be greater wealth than the treasure of Egypt, since he was looking ahead to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt behind, not being afraid of the king's anger, for Moses persevered as one who sees him who is invisible for him who is invisible. By faith, he instituted the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch the Israelites. By faith, they crossed the Red Sea as though they were on dry land. When the Egyptians attempted to do this, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after being marched around by the Israelites for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute welcomed the spies in peace and didn't perish with those who disobeyed and What more can I say? Time is too short for me to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Japheth, David, Samuel, and the prophets. 
who by faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the raging of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, gained strength in weakness, became mighty in battle, and put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Other people were tortured, not accepting release so that they might gain a better resurrection. Others experienced mockings and scourgings as well as bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They died by the sword. They wandered about in sheepskin, in goatskins, destitute, afflicted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and on mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground, all these were approved through their faith, but they did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us so that they would not be made perfect without us. In these examples of Hebrews 11, we see people's faith producing works. They worked out of their faith and they were pleasing to God. So let's take their example today and put our faith to works. We are not saved by works. We're saved by grace. But faith without works is dead. Let's go about our daily lives, putting our faith to practice so that John 3, 21 can be fulfilled in our lives. It says, but anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. So it is not us that accomplishes the works that come out of faith, but it is the Lord who accomplishes the works in us and through us. So let us, again, put our faith to work. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask you, help us to put our faith to work. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me again today, and I hope that you have a great week, and I look forward to seeing you Sunday morning. God bless.